Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Plenty of other stuff to get to on the program today. We've got Brad Spielberger coming up in the second hour. Third hour, we've got Isaac Trotter to talk a little college basketball. But first, let's get to the stats leaders markets. And we're going to start with pass leader. And it's funny, Joe, uh, as I was preparing uh, for this particular topic yesterday, uh, the more I looked at it, the more I crunched the numbers, the more I thought, you know what? There's a very real possibility that Joe and I will wax poetic about the virtues of CJ Stroud and how he could very well finish as the passing leader. But then the report came out that Stroud, uh, per reports, uh, will likely miss one more game this time against the Cleveland Browns. And so I suppose we are in this era where are we to trust these kinds of reports after what happened on Monday with Drew Locke actually starting for the Seahawks. But still, these reports do come from, you know, important people who do know what they're doing. So now what are we to do with the passing leader market? Man, if he's going to miss two games, this is serious. Like I don't know that he's going to return and I get that approach from the Texans too hey let's not get caught up in a division that's up for grabs a mediocre division or a playoff spot that might be up for grabs in his rookie season it's about the next dozen years it's not just about this year um so that's yeah without his dudes too uh really interesting I I was before that report I was holding out hope I was like look maybe Tua doesn't play in the last week Maybe Stroud is chasing and he ends up in some of these shootouts. But yeah, if he doesn't play this week, it's over. Our our dream is dead. So how do we react? Well, look. Tua is plus 115. So he's 39-21. He's got a lead of around, you know, 130. Somewhere in that range over Purdy. I'm not interested in Purdy. Purdy is 3-1. to And there's a decent chance that he does not play the last week. They have that one locked up. There's that possibility. And it's also San Francisco. How many times have they been hurt by not having a quarterback in the playoffs? <laughs> they're, just give them a reason. I would think that they're going to sit him the last game. Um, it's PTSD Ma- in the Bay Area, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> yeah, Mahomes 5-1. to one. Not interested. Are we going to see a big Mahomes 400-yard game? Because you've got to see one of those, if not multiple of those, for him to catch Tua, assuming Tua is going to be out there. And and then you get down to Goff. Goff's a full two, basically 200 behind uh, Tua. So Tua at plus money. Here's how I look at it, Ed. My view is Stroud had to die, not literally, but Stroud had to die so the Bills could live. Two is going to be playing in that last week, barring health. It's not going to be a locked up situation. I believe the AFC East is going to come down to that week 18 matchup. Could be wrong. You know, Buffalo's two to one for the division, but I believe that's going to be the scenario. And so I don't see anyone catching Tua. How about you? Can someone catch up to two of it? The question for me is, and first off, general advice, and I know I've said this kind of before, but I think it's really important in, in this context. I think it's a dangerous proposition to believe that these good teams we're talking about will simply run the table no matter who they are playing. They'll go on this final three-game winning streak or whatever it is. Like We are going to get some upsets. 
we are going to get some rather rather mm-hmm. baffling games and weird contests and weird results and all of that stuff. So what's more predictable here to me is a yards trying to figure out how that's going to look, but then also too like what game scripts are going to be out there where quarterbacks are going to have to throw a good bit more. When I look at say Tua, my concerns are twofold. Number one, how much are they going to try and run the ball? Because that's something that they know they are going to need up against the Bills and in the playoffs. So there's that. Other thing, too, is Tyreek Hill status, which we expect from him. Because even Mm -hmm. though Jalen Waddell had a phenomenal output on Sunday, is this replicatable? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'd like to think it can be. But I don't know that. So in that respect, I don't know if there's a whole lot of value in terms of what I'm seeing at plus 115 for him to finish as the passing leader. I mean, the way I look at it is, yes, I know Mahomes has a bit of a deficit right now. But if you look at, say, starting field position, average starting field position, I want to look for quarterbacks who will have to pass a good bit in order to get to the red zone and ultimately the end zone. And average starting field position has not been great for the Chiefs. It's been about average. And we also don't trust that rushing attack. Like you talk about all the problems the Chiefs have right now. The ground game has been significant. It's not talked about very much, but it is a problem for them. So I do expect Mahomes, even with a conservative passing attack, he will be asked to throw the ball a lot. And if that's the case, then maybe he gets there on, say, 50 attempts, 55 attempts, something ridiculous. So can mm-hmm. he get to 400 yards? Absolutely. That ceiling is there. So at 5-1, to one, I don't necessarily hate that. Uh, the problem, though, is like with all these other quarterbacks, they're usually starting with pretty good field position. And they can rely on the ground game just a little bit more. And so I think Mahomes is probably the only one at the top of the list who I'm comfortable with. After that, there are just way too many question marks where I wouldn't necessarily place a ticket yet. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. that cash out option, it's bad now, but it's three and a half X my wager. Okay. Is Stroud done? If it's over, he- over. If he's not playing, it's over, over. Right, right. Um, yeah. And what happens uh, in this upcoming one? I mean, Texans are going to lose, right, to the Browns. Like, are we comfortable saying that? And then what does that mean in terms of Stroud's status going forward? Do you right. risk it? Or does it go in the other direction where you lose and now perhaps you're a little bit more desperate? Or do, do any of these things matter? What, what would I, you rather do? From a betting perspective, would what would you rather do? In, so in this situation, you would cashing out better option than making a large wager on Tua at plus one fifteen. I I would rather cash out uh, personally. Yeah. I I, yeah. I could see. I mean, you. It's pretty clear who the the favorites are. Like, I mean, there's a massive drop off after say the seven or eight. I think. Uh, but then after that, I wouldn't necessarily take a flyer on anybody. I mean, it's funny when I was looking at you know, average field position, you know, likelihood of passing all of that stuff. You know, I'm getting guys like Baker Mayfield and Matt Stafford and guys like that in terms of uh, who can accrue a bunch of yards. The problem is they're just too far behind on the list. I mean, what was it? Mayfield was able to have a fantastic outing without using a lot of Mike Evans. That's significant to me, but he's still way behind that. I, I just don't think there's the time to catch up. Like three games, it's not as much as you might think it is, Paul. Process question. So I think mm-hmm. if I think if Stroud doesn't play this weekend, he's done 
either it's way. Over. Yeah, yep. right. Sure. So what if you cash out, take half of the 3X, and still put it on Tua and try and double dip? That's you're not, not bad. losing. Like, you're not going to mm-hmm. lose. You're in the green. You're in the black. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then. Or, like, of... if it's not to a, like, pick a horse, like, whatever. But you've already. It's. It was a great bet. It's a tough way for that one to end. But take the profit on it and try and. Sure. Then maybe more. you get five units. Five to six right. instead of three to four. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. At plus one. That. Yeah. That's not bad. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not at all. Uh, shall we move on to uh, defense and sacks and who will finish as the right. sacks leader? Uh, because this one to me is uh, especially intriguing just because uh, we may be focusing so much on MVP with Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons and guys like that. But someone kind of on the outside could very well take this honor. So what are you looking at here? Uh-huh. Certainly could. Uh, it's so bunch up at the top. You've got Watley in the way with 16. He's a half a sack up on Hunter. He's one sack mm-hmm. up on Khalil Mack, Trey Hendrickson, and then we get to the interesting names for me. So when you bake in value and bake in opponents, there were two names that popped to me. Um, I was considering Miles Garrett, and he's 13. The problem is he's three back with three games left, right? right. Uh, Houston, Jets, Cincinnati. And actually the Cincinnati one was the reason that I was not considering the bet. And they might have their five spot locked in. And I don't know that Garrett's going to be playing that last game of the year. And Browning, he's been getting rid of the ball lately. So like he hasn't been sacked a ton. There were a couple games where he had like three or four sacks. Um, But that's not the one that jumped out to me. The one that jumped out to me has better odds than Garrett, but a little bit closer to Watt. And that's Paul's guy, Josh Allen at 11 to one. So he has 13 and a half sacks, two and a half back, and he's got Tampa, Carolina. Keep in, yet, keep in mind that Bryce Young has taken the second most sacks. Everyone talks about Howell, but Bryce Young has taken a ton of sacks too. And then closing the season with Tennessee, quarterback, I don't know, big question mark. Maybe it's Levis. See what Levis did this week? He took seven sacks. I think right. Josh Allen's in a good spot. I think it's a great spot. I'm a big fan of that one. Not to mention, Micah Parsons was someone, like you said, like he's got a bit of a deficit to make up. So that's a big deal. But also, too, like we learned a valuable lesson on Sunday. Sam Howell can get benched. Some of these other Mm. quarterbacks you're talking about, like Bryce Young and company, they're not getting benched. I think that is safe to say. But Howell can get yanked. And if that's the case, then Parsons – abilities and potential to accrue just a ton of sacks in that week 18 game they may not be there now so i want a longer number if i'm going to invest in that possibility and at nine to one i just don't like it um other thing too is that if you are looking at say you know miles garrett at nine to one here um this one could be valuable zach wilson has a really high sack rate uh still has to face the browns and so that's important uh, or rather, you know, Browns face the Jets, Zach Wilson, high sack rate. Uh, but then, you know, the other games do offer some possibilities there. I think also what matters is if you look at, say, how many sacks a defender can get. Right now, Khalil Mack uh, has most sacks in a game at six. All these other guys only get like three, three and a half in a game. That was an outlier performance. So is it safe to say that if you're trailing in this market, 
there isn't that much time left to make up the deficit. Yep. Yeah, no. Uh, this is interesting now because there are ways to find value and it's easier to look at path and possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like jumping in these markets with uh, about a month left. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, line movements, injury updates for week 16 right here on the BetQL Network.